Welcome to another edition of the Lakeland Vineyard Podcast. This is Andy Baker, lead pastor of Lakeland Vineyard. Just want to take a moment and say thank you so much for listening in. I count it as a great privilege for you to be listening. Be encouraged today as you listen. Listen for what the Holy Spirit may be saying to you And may your life be forever transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. I love the churches that uh, are partners with us in ministry and the opportunity uh, every year to come. It's something I look forward to seeing familiar faces and and being among family, truly. Um, And was so blessed by worship this morning. Goodness, uh, the Spirit of the Lord uh, just here and just such a beautiful body of worship. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to share with you uh, not only about a woman's choice, uh, but just about the the life issue uh, as we stand together as believers in Christ who believe in the value and sanctity of every human life. Um, It's something we need to talk about, something we need to know what's going on. And and so my desire when I come is to encourage your hearts, to, to fill you in, to fill you in on what's going on in our ministry directly because you are a part of that ministry as partners with us, Um, but just to talk about what's going on 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 a bigger level and then really reach into our hearts uh, to really define how all of us can be a part of what God is doing because ultimately it's his work, Um, not not mine, not a woman's choices. It's all of ours uh, because it's his. Um, So I was looking back or thinking back to last year when I was here. The the funny thing is that I was here on the same exact day last year because it was the Medela lunch uh, right after. So when I saw the sign, I said, oh, so we'll have to see what happens um, next year. Um, but last year, I, I recall when I was here, I was it, w- it was a tough time for the pro-life movement. Um, I was shared with you a bunch of headlines. Uh, there was a time right after uh, New York State had passed that, that terrible law that allowed for abortions uh, up until even the day before a baby was born. Um, and at the time, there were headline after headline. It was taking place in New Mexico. It was taking place in Virginia. Um, it was taking place in Vermont. Uh, just all over the nation, we just kept seeing uh, people fighting to uh, secure rights for abortion and up until the the last moment uh, of birth. And and it was just hard, hard for us on a pro-life front. And and we talked about the fact that, that uh, standing for life is truly a battle. It's a fight. And um, we talked about the fact that uh, that a woman's choice is on the front lines of those fight and that when you're with us in it, so are you. And so it was really just about, you know, gearing up for the fight, recognizing the fight. Um, and like I said, it was a tough time. So it's interesting, like just, just a year later, I, I feel like the climate has changed uh, very much so. Praise God, yeah. Um, it, we, we definitely are experiencing a different sense and, and culture climate at this time uh, in our nation. Um, we've seen... Um, a lot of things happening. The laws that were passed last year are still in place, but the momentum has shifted. And the pro-life um, movement, if we want to call it that, has secured a number of victories that really just uh, encourage us to know that the Lord is always at work. And he, and he was, even last year, when things didn't look so great, God was still working. And so here we are this year, and, and we see just a number of wonderful things going on. I, I don't know if you guys uh, saw videotapes or if anybody was there at the March for Life in, in Washington just um, 
a couple of weeks ago, uh, the first time ever in, in history that a United States president spoke at a, a March for Life. And um, I don't know if you heard the speech that was given by President Trump, but my goodness, as, as a pro-life believer, you could just not be uh, overwhelmed and encouraged to hear this coming uh, from the leader of our nation, uh, just his words about the value of life. And that alone just, you know, uh, rocked the whole pro-choice world, which uh, is kind of fun sometimes, but, um, but it really just encouraged our hearts to know that, that the leader of our nation is with us. And um, actually, a little bit even before that, we saw a great victory in the Supreme Court uh, when uh, there was a battle out in California where they were trying to force uh, pro-life pregnancy centers to give um, information about how to get abortions and post it in there so that you'd walk into a woman's choice and there'd have to be a very large sign that says this is where you can get an abortion and how. And, and how it can be funded, and um, it was passed in the state of California, but the Supreme Court threw it down um, and protected the, the uh, freedom of speech. Uh, for pregnancy centers, uh, just wonderful. And then even locally in states, we see a lot of laws passing. In Oklahoma, they're moving a bill to suspend a doctor's license for f even performing abortions. We don't know if it's going to pass, but that's what they're working towards. Arizona is uh, moving bills to fund programs to dissuade women from having abortions. And here in Florida, something to continue to pray about, just recently uh, a bill for parental consent for abortion has passed through the Senate. And so that was uh, one big hurdle. Uh, there's still some hurdles to go, um, but it, it just definitely a roadblock in, in preventing women from having abortions. Um, so things are moving. The tide feels like it's turning, um, and it's really encouraging. So I wanted to encourage you, in case you weren't aware of some of those things that were happening, uh, to get to come with better news than I came last year was, was really neat. So where does that leave us? You know, So when we, we have one year high, no, one year low, the next year high, where does that leave us? Does it mean the fight's over? Because last year we talked about, you know, the battle and the fight. So this year, do we stop talking about the fight? Has the fight ended? No, absolutely not. Um, because despite all the good that's happening, abortions are still taking place. That's the thing. Abortion is still taking place. Last year alone, 2019, uh, typical numbers uh, that we saw uh, over 70,000 abortions in the state of Florida. Um, and 1,500 of those take place in Polk County. So that's our community. That's our home. That's where it's happening. And even though at A Woman's Choice, we're so thankful to be able to share that lives are saved and, and through other agencies in our county, lives are still being taken as well. So the battle does continue. Um, we praise God. We praise God for every victory that has come, but we stay suited up for battle. There's not a point in the, in the Word of God when you read through Ephesians and the armor of God. There's not a point where he says to take that off. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just a, a temporary thing. Put this on when the battle feels hard. No, we're supposed to stay suited up. Uh, I love that uh, Old Testament story. You might have to help me there where they... Um, they had the, the sword in one hand and, and the light in the other. And the, yeah. Oh, was that Gideon? All right. All right. I know my Gideon story so well, but I missed that detail. Okay. Um, just always prepared for battle. Always prepared for battle. And so we're continuing that fight at a woman's choice, like I shared last year, one life at a time. We're not political. I share with you some of the political things that are happening because they impact what we're doing on a national level. But a woman's choice is not a political agency. Our way of fighting this battle and your way of fighting it with us is reaching one life 
at a time. And that matters. Sometimes the, the uh, big things seem overwhelming. The tide can be, be large. But one life at a time, we see lives saved and we see souls saved. Um, at A Woman's Choice, one of the things as, as the executive director of our ministry, one thing God had given me, it's been over 10 years now that I've been serving there. And uh, since the beginning of um, the time that I started, God gave me um, this thing where every year I pray and seek him to find an anchor verse for our ministry for that year. And it's something he's so faithful in, and it, it's just uh, exciting each year to see where he's going to lead us and how he's going to use it. And so this year, uh, the anchor verse that he gave us, I feel really applied to uh, the, the message and, and the ideas I wanted to share with you today. And the scripture is from Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. And it says, uh, I'm reading the New King James Version, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I press on. That's one of my favorite part of it. I'm so thankful uh, for uh, the Lord giving me, uh, giving us at A Woman's Choice this word to kind of ground us in our ministry for the year ahead. It applies to our ministry directly. It applies to the fight on, on a broader level. And then it applies on a very personal and individual level for, for me and, and for all of you because it's God's word. Um, because here's the thing. No matter how good things get, right? So today, this year, uh, we're on an upswing. But no matter how good things are, we have to keep pressing on because we haven't arrived yet. Things are good, but we haven't arrived yet. The scripture comes, if I, if I read the context of the scripture, right after Paul is talking about and describing all that he has accomplished in Christ and all that he desires to accomplish and be in Christ. But before he thinks or, uh, or we think that he's trying to communicate that he's all that and a bag of chips, that's a really old saying, right? Does anybody remember that? Okay, yeah. So before, <laughs> vintage, yes, thank you. So before we think, that he's all that in a bag of chips. He makes it very clear that he has not yet arrived in Christ as a follower. He's very quick to tell us um, that he has not attained all that he can be or that he wants to be for Christ. Paul, you know, the apostle, the one we look to and say, my goodness, if we could be anybody, we want to be like Paul, yet he must still press on, and so must we. As followers of Christ and as pro-life believers, we are called to press on. I don't know if any of you have ever uh, run a race, and, and there was a season in my life that sadly has now passed, but for about five years, I was running races. Uh, the first race I did, I did it backwards. Most people start running um, short races and then grow. My first race was a half marathon. 13.1. My last was a 5K. So see, I did it backwards. <laughs> I wore myself out and just got shorter and shorter as I went along. But I ran actually two half marathons two years in a row. And I learned so much during that time. It was a very spiritual experience for me because it was actually something God had called me to do um, for a specific purpose. And, um, but it was very, you know, those, those days early in the morning, at the time God spoke to my heart to ask me to do that, I couldn't run a mile, much less 13.1 miles. When I told my husband, I said, I think God wants me to do this half marathon. He said, 
do you know how long a half marathon is? <laughs> I said, yes, yes, I do. And so it was, a, it was a big challenge for me to take on. And I'd be, uh, you know, running around my neighborhood and trying just, to, I remember reaching two miles and thinking it was the most amazing thing in the world. And um, I had to really push myself in ways that I never had before. I had to press on. And with training and training and training, um, I started being able to sustain longer and longer. And by the time I reached uh, doing the race at 13.1 miles, uh, this is going to sound funny to say because I couldn't do this today if you paid me, the first eight were pretty easy, right? Like, again, if you said, oh, go out and run eight miles now, no, not going to happen. Um, but at that time, with lots of training, I'd get through those, through those first eight miles, feel like, okay, I can do this. It was those last five. And particularly, I often complain about the last point one. I just don't think it's fair. I really don't. Um, it should have, because you reach that 13 marker, you're like, yes, I'm there. But there's still point one, but you're mostly dead at that time. And so the point one is definitely the hardest of the race. Um, but here's what I learned is that whether I was in the easy part of the run or the hard part of the run, I had to press on or I wasn't going to reach the goal. So even while it was feeling pretty good and I had my, my, my momentum and I was in the groove, I still had to keep going because if I stopped and said, wow, this is pretty good, I'm not going to get there. So when it was good, I had to press on. But man, when it got to the hard part, mile 11, it was a Disney, it was a Disney race. And uh, mile 11, I don't know who designed this, but mile 11 went uphill. And um, I actually almost cursed at that time. I didn't. But, you know, mile at 11, you're feeling pretty much dead. And uh, it's one of the, picture the overpasses at Disney where the cars drive up, right? You had to run up up that hill. Of course, going down was a lot easier, but the up was horrible. So pressing on when it was hard, when it was really hard, when all I wanted to do was give up and lay down. And, and I thought about doing that at times. I really, truly did. I can't do this. I don't want to keep moving. It hurts too much. It's too hard. I, I, it was impossible, seemingly, at the time. But I pressed on just one little step at a time, one little step at a time. And I crossed that finish line twice in a 13.1. So I had to press on. When it was easy, I had to press on. And when it was hard, I had to press on. So whether it's good times like we are in now, good momentum, or those hard times when the fight is really raging on, we always have to keep moving forward to lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of us. For me in those races, God had really asked me to do those races. So to lay hold of that prize, just that, that medal around my neck, but it was so much more important than that. But that's what Christ had laid hold of me for in that season of my life. We don't reach the goal. We don't get the prize if we don't press on. So that's something for all of us in our Christian walk, whether we're in a season of blessing, right? There's times in our life where we're just overwhelmed with God's goodness in our lives. Then there's seasons of trials, and sometimes we're overwhelmed with some of the trials that we have to face, right? So we have to still press on in both. We don't just sit back. Some of, it's easy sometimes when we're in those easy seasons of blessing to get complacent, but God's asking us to keep moving forward in him. And it's easy sometimes in those seasons of trial to give up, but God's asking us to keep pressing on. And in the pro-life fight, it's the same thing. Right now, we have the momentum for us, but sometimes it's against us. Either way, we keep pressing on. And in our pregnancy center, at a woman's choice, it's the same thing. 
God's called us to keep pressing on. Because it's interesting that this past year for A Woman's Choice has been a truly, I say this wanting, uh, right away my mind clicked, because I wanted to say it's been a truly blessed year. Truly every year is a blessed year. And I mean that with all of my heart, because it is God's work. And, and we can always see him working, whether we're in a, a challenging season or a blessed season. But just some years you're just like, wow, God is just showing off. And I feel like this year, God has been showing off for us, and, and we're so thankful uh, for all that he has accomplished, all that he has provided, all that he is doing. Um, I mean, just some simple things that, that, that don't sound very spiritual uh, to those who are partners with us, but so important, just being able to take care of things in our building, you know, being able to repair things and upgrade things, because we want the most beautiful environment and safe environment for the women and men that we serve. But those things cost lots of money. And so it's just such a blessing to be able to take care of those things and, and renew uh, the, the face of, of the ministry. Uh, so we've been able to do that. We've made great strides in growing our presence online uh, to reach the men and women that we are serving. And we're very excited about that. We have a social media campaign that is launching this month um, that really is very targeted at reaching women who are uh, considering and thinking about abortion and specifically the abortion pill. We're very excited about seeing the impact. Uh, we've seen new programs grow up this year that reach some of the spiritual needs of the women who come through our centers. We're just excited. God has been just doing great things in the ministry, and, and we are blessed, and God is good. And, and I love just sharing that with you because your support for us as a church and your support for us individually is, is a part of all that God is doing. You are a part of that. I'm not just sharing to saying this is what we're doing. I share to tell you that this is what you're doing, and, and I'm so thankful for that and so thankful for the Lord. So God is doing great things. But so in that season, we have to be careful not to just sit back and kick up our feet because things feel good. And again, get complacent and, and stop striving uh, towards that goal that he's given us. Because as long as abortions are taking place in our community, and they are, we have work to do at a woman's choice. So the fight must go on, and we definitely uh, look for you to be a part of that with us. And again, I, I do thank you as a church body uh, for faithful support over many, many years, many decades even. Um, but And then many of you who are uh, individual supporters of our center, thank you so much for what you're doing. So as we go forward this year and we look to press on, so we go to the Lord. We say, okay, God, how do you want us to press on? What are you asking of us as a ministry uh, to continue the good work that you have given us? So one of our always goals always is to reach more women at risk for abortion. We're not looking necessarily to do more things. We just want to reach more women because if 1,500 women are having abortions in Polk County, that's 1,500 women that we still have yet to reach each year. So we want to reach more women at risk for abortion. We want to see them choose life, and we want to see them grow more in the abundant life that God has for them. And that's where some of those other programs that we have uh, for spiritual and emotional growth and, and mentorship comes in. So in order to do that, uh, there's, there's just so many ways for you to be a part of it. And I wanted the opportunity to, when I come and share and update, um, again, you're financially supporting. We know that. I know a lot of you are supporting us in prayer. How many of you are on our prayer texting service right now? 
Awesome. You guys rock. Um, but there's a lot of hands not up. So at the back, <laughs> I do have a little area and I have those little cards and I encourage you to pray with us every day. What I love about the prayer texting service is the idea is when you sign up, when a woman walks through our doors who is considering abortion, whether she's meeting with a counselor for the first time or back for an ultrasound and she's still contemplating abortion because sometimes her situation or often her situation is so much bigger. She can't see through the trees, and so she's still stuck there. We send out a text, and in that moment, you get a text to say, please pray with us. Please pray with us for her right now, and we have well over 300 people on that list, but I'm still expecting God to raise that number to 1,000. I want the army of God with us in prayer to impact their lives, and then every now and then, you're able to get a text that says, guess what? Mary, who you prayed for, chose life. And it's just a wonderful thing. So I encourage you to pray with us. That's one of the other ways, uh, besides financially, that you can be a part of the work that we're doing. And the other is volunteering. Um, it's something we always, always kind of say off the cuff, by the way, we need volunteers. Um, but today I just wanted to share a little bit more with you about some of the opportunities and some of the needs that we have at A Woman's Choice for people to come in as volunteers. Volunteering is a calling. It is something that uh, I can say it in a church and not everybody. Uh, can sign up or will sign up or has to sign up. But the thing is, is for you to ask God what he wants you to do. Um, it's, it's wonderful to be a part, in the, a part of the ministry in, in any of the ways that I can share. But volunteering is that opportunity to truly step in and be there with us on those front lines, serving those who are coming through the door. So as I share something like this, all I ask of you is just to seek God. And if he's moving your heart, uh, just to, to press on and following that move. So we have a couple of needs right now for volunteers in the center that I wanted to share. The first is for the men. Dun, dun, dun. Right? Usually it's all, all the guys are looking at the ladies. Hey, she needs volunteers over there at A Woman's Choice. So this is a chance for the ladies to go, hey, she needs male volunteers at A Woman's Choice. Because we, what we know, I was going to say what we believe, but what we know is that the man is equally as important, reaching the man is equally as important as it is as reaching the woman in those situations. He, first of all, needs to be educated with the same things that she's being educated about, about the value of life, the truth of abortion, and the alternatives that she has in her decision. He also needs to be educated about his role as a man and the fact that he has a voice Men have been robbed of their voice in our culture in so many ways. If you watch our media at any point in time, you see that, that men have been stripped of the role that God has designed for them. So when these men, young men or not young men, are in these unplanned pregnancy situations, they do not know that they have a voice any longer. They've been trained to say one thing, whatever you want, I will support you. But sometimes that's not what she needs to hear he thinks that he's, he's supporting her by saying that, by saying, if you, whatever you want, you want an abortion, I support you. You want to have the baby, I support you. It's your decision. What he doesn't understand is he's putting all of the pressure on her to make that decision. And that sometimes if he could say to her, you know what, we can do this, and I'm here for you, it would make all the difference in the world for her. But he needs to be taught that. He needs to be trained in that. And the last thing that he needs is the gospel of Jesus Christ, just like her. 
because every woman who comes into our center receives the gospel from those who meet with her. He needs that too. And so we have a men's ministry program in our center, but right now it's a little dormant because we don't have any male volunteers. Well, we have one, one guy. Bernie, he's faithful. He comes on Thursdays. We're thankful for Bernie. There was a time, though, that we had every day of the week covered by men coming in and being there so that when a young man comes in with a woman, he's there to serve. And so we're just looking for male volunteers. So I encourage you, uh, if God's moving your heart, guys, and you have some flexibility in your schedule to once a week to come spend time with us, um, we, I encourage you to uh, come talk to me and, and you can apply, we'll do a volunteer application and we can go through the process. Uh, we need volunteers for our Bridges program. That's our new spiritual development program that we're super excited about. Every Friday, we have a Bible study with the women who come into the center. So when a young woman... Uh, is in the counseling room, and well, I say women, it's for the men too, but that's a neat thing that God did that we didn't expect. Um, when they come in and they've accepted Christ for the first time, last year we saw 48 women give their lives to Christ or com- recommit their lives to Christ. And we praise God for that. That is his work. Um, Or sometimes they come in and and they have a faith in Christ, but they're not rooted or connected anywhere. So we started this new program that every Friday we provide a Bible study for those who come in. And we provide lunch. uh, So if you feed them, they will come. And so we provide a lunch and we have a Bible study. And the goal of the program, though, is to fill the room not only with the clients that we're serving, but with volunteers and volunteers from lots of different churches so that as they're connected with the girls, then they can be connected to the churches that are represented there because they need to be rooted in churches like all of us so that they can grow in that life that God has for them. And so it's every Friday afternoon from uh, 11.30 to 1.30, and uh, it's a wonderful time, and we need volunteers in that program, uh, men and women, because we kept thinking for the women, for the women, but the girls are coming with their boyfriends, and it's been really exciting to see that, that they're learning God's word together. And then another role If you're not, God, the neat thing about the way the Lord designed us is we're all different, and he's given us all unique gifts and and abilities and uh, different ways to be used by him for his kingdom work. And so some people might say, well, that's just not what God's gifted me with, but you have other gifts, and there's many ways you can serve in our center. I'm just highlighting a few special needs that we have. One of the others is we need ambassadors for a woman's choice. So that means we need people with a voice, people who are willing to speak out and share share not only about the work we do at A Woman's Choice, but about life and the sanctity of life in our community. We need partners who will go with us to community events and um, share about us and be willing to talk about these issues and talk about our work. Now, some of you I know cringe at the thought of doing that at all, but some of you, that might totally be exactly what you're good at and want to do. So we call them ambassadors because you'll be a voice with us for the voiceless. So those are just some of the needs, but again, if God's moving your heart, but none of those fit you, there's many ways for you to get involved in what we're doing. Uh, But I wanted to share with you the things that are going on and where those needs exist so that you can seek the Lord to see if maybe he's asking you to step up and be a part of the work even more than you've been before. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. I thank you so much for standing with me, standing with a woman's choice in this fight. It's a good fight. I mean, it's a hard fight, but lives are saved through this. It's an amazing, beautiful thing when you see somebody change their mind and their heart from I want an abortion to I want life.
We recently had a young woman who was in who, and this, is, this has happened more than once over the many years I've been there, where she was determined to have an abortion until she had her ultrasound. The ultrasound is a powerful window to life. And it shows not just talking to her about uh, about fetal development and telling her about the baby that's growing inside of her, but she gets to see her baby. And she sees and hears a heartbeat um, that t- it's taking place, and she realizes that this is not... Uh, she just connects and realizes that it, that it's real. And so what happened here, though, is this young woman found out she was having twins. Yeah, and that happens. <laughs> um, and in my simple thinking before I came to this work, I would think if I was a young woman who wanted an abortion because I couldn't handle having a baby if I was having two I would definitely want an abortion, right? No, in, in simple thinking, right? How can, if I can't handle one, how can I handle two? But the fact of the matter is, most often, they choose life. Because somehow, the reality that there are two lives growing inside of her is too much. Because I think at every, in every woman, there's a level at which they know exactly what's going on. And so facing the idea of two lives being taken is too much. And so this precious woman, woman said, no. I can't do it. And she's carrying her babies, and she's so excited. She, she found out recently, because this was a little while back, uh, that she's having two girls. And, um, and they were identical twins, too, uh, not even fraternal. So we're just, it's, it's such a joy to see God at work. And yet the beauty of it is, again, going back to what you said there before, that God is always at work in what we sang before. Not every choice comes out that way. There are women who leave our office and choose to have abortions. But here's the thing. God is still at work, and the word of God does not return void. And that's why as a ministry, we stand on the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ because we know that when we proclaim his truth and share his gospel, even if we don't see the end result in front of us, that that will not return void in her heart and that God will continue that work when she walks out. And that's why we offer our post-abortive counseling so that when she, if she chooses abortion, we're able to share the love of Christ by saying, we are still here for you. And you can come back. And that message is for anyone in our community who's had abortions and feels that they're still carrying the weight of that. God can deliver anyone uh, from anything. And so uh, it's a good work. And so I encourage you. I thank you for all that you already are doing. I encourage you to seek the Lord for if there's other ways that he would have you partner. Um, Every life that we see saved, every heart given to Christ is a part of the work that you're doing. And I thank you for it. And thank you for letting me share with you again today. God bless you all.
hope is that greatly encouraged you. Uh, want to give you a personal invite. If you are in the Lakeland area, please come join us at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Would love to see you. Have a great rest of your week. Peace. Peace.